Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles or smartphones or tablets and you want to look on at the Scripture, that's the one we're going to be looking at, John chapter 1. Have you ever come into the middle of a movie? You, you're sitting and you're, 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 you're looking and you're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, what's happening? Why did that happen? Who is this person? Sometimes it's difficult to catch on. Because the best place to start a story is at the beginning. The beginning of the story of Jesus was not Bethlehem. It was not the shepherds or the wise men. It was not even the announcement from Gabriel, the angel. The story of, of Christmas begins in the heart of God. If you, you come into the Christmas story in the middle, it's, it's a beautiful story. Uh, but if you start it at the beginning, you will see how this beautiful story applies to you. And you'll start to see what Christmas can mean to you. It can help you to live a life of, of confidence and joy. So come with me as we take this journey into Scripture and look at the birth of Jesus from heaven's perspective. John chapter 1, you just heard it read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. The, the Word took on a body. The, the Word became human and made his home among us. That's the rest of the book of John tells a story about that person. His name is Jesus. So if we, we go back to the, uh, John chapter 1, verse 1, and, and read the verses that way, let, let me uh, read it to you. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all humanity. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not understood it. You know, with the influence of Eastern mysticism, we hear a lot about reincarnation. People who believe in reincarnation uh, say that, when a person dies, they, they, they come back as, as someone else. They are, uh, uh, there are people that you can go to who you can get a, a reading of your past lives from. Some people claim to remember their past lives. Reincarnation is not a Christian belief. The Bible teaches us that it is appointed unto us mortals once to die, and after that judgment... We did not live before we were born. We, we believe that if a person has memories of past lives, those memories were probably implanted from the demonic realm to confuse people. 
That being said, there was one who pre-existed his birth. Jesus was the only person who, who lived before he was born. The Bible calls him the Word made flesh. He was not reincarnated, but we do call the Christmas story the story of the incarnation, for Jesus lived before he was born. The story of Christmas is that, G is that God became human. So let's take a close look at these verses. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning of what? In the beginning of everything. And note the word was. When everything began, he already was. As the theologians would say, there was no time where he was not. He was with God in the beginning. He was God. So when John writes this passage, instead of using the name of Jesus, he uses the word, word. In the beginning was the word. Greek word for that is, is logos. And it's a little challenging to get your mind around um, uh, what John's trying to say, but let me try to explain it as well as I can. When I use the word sky, I'm not talking about the three letters, S-K-Y, that make up that word. I'm, I'm talking about the concept behind the word. It's, it's what we see when we're outdoors in an open area and look up. And the sky can be blue, or, or it can be a vast array of colors. It be, can be full of, of clouds, or it can be clear. But when I say the word sky, you know that I'm talking about the concept behind the word. There's, a, there's an idea behind the word sky. That's what logos is like. In, in talking, it's talking about the concept behind the word. Let me take it a little further. Here's something you may not have thought of. God, God has never had a new thought. Now, if I were to say that about you, that would be rather an insult, right? But uh, God, being God, knows everything. He can never say, I just thought this up, because that would mean that the moment before he thought it up, he, he didn't know the concept, which means that he wouldn't know everything. God knows the beginning from the end, there's nothing that God does not know. So when, when God speaks, he, he's not speaking out of something that he just thought up. He speaks out of who he is. And his words take on a life of their own. His words are not thoughts and progress, but rather they, 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 they contain a, a statement of who he is, of what he is. And he is speaking reality. So when God speaks, you're hearing what reality is. So when God says, let there be light, he is more than just speaking words. He is speaking out of his essence. And that is why when he says, let there be light, there was light. When he speaks, he speaks out of who he is. He speaks reality. Reality must conform to the Word of God because he's the definition of reality. Let there be light. The light didn't have a choice. The light must conform to his Word because he speaks reality. John tells us the power of the Word, the essence of God, 
the Word became flesh. The essence of God took on flesh and became a man. Verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The very essence of God, which spoke the world into being, was Christ himself. The word, word that brought everything into being is the word that has become human. Christ is that creative word. Christ is, a, is the reality of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So John can confidently state in verse 4, in him was life, and that life was the, the light of people. Of course there was life. He's the author of life. He's the creator of life. He spoke reality into existence. Then verse 14, And the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. You and I don't know what it's like to be God, but it has to be a whole lot better than being a human. God is not restricted by time, or space, or resources. God is not insecure, uncertain, inept. Yet Jesus chose to move out of heaven and come to earth. Come with me to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, Catch that, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, something to be held on to. Rather, he made himself nothing, and, and taking on the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue, acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. This is another way of saying the same thing. Verse 6 says this, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. As Paul said in another place, the fullness of the deity dwelt in bodily form in Christ. Yet being in very nature God, he, he did not grasp on to his privilege as God. He did not take advantage of his privilege as God. He did not consider equality with God something to be held on to. God became human in the person of Christ. And whereas God is unlimited by time and space, he stepped into time and space where he was unlimited in resources, he became a human without a home. He made himself nothing, and he, where he was served by angels day and night, he came to serve. Where he was life, he experienced death. He did not consider equality with God something to be held on to or taken advantage of. The first Christmas from our vantage point as, as humans, was unusual. You know, angels normally don't appear to teenagers. 
angelic choirs normally don't appear to shepherds. Virgins usually don't have children. Wise men don't usually ring the doorbell bearing gifts. From our vantage point, the first Christmas was unusual. From the vantage point of heaven, the first Christmas must have been astounding. For all of heaven was centered around the throne of God, and uh, the Son, begotten out of the essence of the Father, left the center of the universe and became and, and was born into a dirty, fallen, imperfect world as a limited, time-bound human. This is what Jesus says about his coming. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's what's happening from heaven's perspective. God loved the world, so he sent his son. He gave his only son. Whoever would become, believe in him would have eternal life. Now, I realize that I've laid some pretty heavy theology on you today, so I want to spend the rest of the time telling you what this means to you. It's actually very Pauline. If you'll notice a lot of Paul's letters, the first half is theology, second half is application. Here's the application. God, being God, knows everything. Absolutely everything. He knows how you feel. He knows your joy. He knows your sorrow. He knows your pain. And what your pain feels like. God being God knows everything. But the fact that God became human means that he really wants you to know that he knows how you feel. He wants you to know that, that he knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to eke out a living as a carpenter. He knows what it's like to balance service with the bottom line. He knows what it's like to feel the exhaustion of labor. He knows what it's like to feel the pain of a stubbed toe and the grief of a lost friend. He knows what it's like to see his friends be hurt and confused and and yet it's difficult to get them to understand. The fact that God became human sends us a message. He wants you to know that he knows what you're going through. For those of you who are grieving, Jesus knows. He cares. He understands. For those of you who are feeling the stress of work, Jesus knows and he cares. For those of you who face an uncertain future, or worse than that, you face a certain with a future with certain pain, Jesus been, has been there. He knows, he cares, and he understands. Our God is not a God who stands afar off, uncaring. Our God has been involved, is involved, and wants you to know that he walks with his friends through difficult times. For those of you who 
face temptation. Our God has been there before you. For those of you who face temptation to compromise your integrity at the altar of gain, Jesus has been there. He knows the, the pull of that. He's felt the struggle. He's overcome. He can help you to overcome. For those of you who face sexual temptation, I want you to know that our God became human. That meant that he was attracted to people of the opposite sex, yet he was without sin. Our God can relate to the struggles you feel. He can relate to the temptations you face. He overcame. He can help you to overcome. For those of you who find yourself in the conflict of, in the middle of a conflict that you would rather not be in, Jesus was there. You know, sometimes with his disciples, it felt like he should have been wearing a striped shirt and, and holding a whistle. He just had to referee everything. With the religious leaders of his day, he was, they were constantly laying traps for him. He knew that he would be eventually come into conflict with the government. He knows conflict. For those of you who are in the middle of conflict, he knows and understands how you feel. God being God, he knows what you're going through. But Jesus being God lets you know that God knows. There's been some of you who've been coming to prayer and you've been praying, God help, God heal, God deliver, God strengthen, God be present, God, I'm confused, I'm depressed, I'm hurting, God, I'm, I'm struggling, God, I'm doubting, God, I don't even know what to pray for. I want you to know that God knows how you feel. Jesus hung on the cross and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knows. He cares. He understands. Sometimes when you're going through struggles like that, you can think that that, that is all there is to life. But I want you to know that God wants to take you past the place of hurting. God wants to take you past the place where life is focused on your pain. God wants you to take you past that place where you are confused, doubting, uncertain. Listen to the words of John. John chapter 1, verse 16. Out of his fullness, we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but, but the one and only Son, or the only begotten Son, who is himself God and is in, is in closest relationship with the Father, has made himself known God sent his one and only son, his only begotten son, that you could know God. 
Jesus came to make God known. There's no way that you can really know God apart from Jesus. But the good news is, you can know God. And knowing God makes all the difference in your life. Knowing God brings an eternal perspective to the things on this earth that are important and unimportant. And when you know God, you have a way of knowing what's important. Knowing God means that our time spent here on earth has meaning. Life is more than going to work, going home, making meals, attending a meeting, going to bed. Life is more than the mundane. Knowing God allows us to have a life and live a life that has eternal purpose. Our life has meaning and our life is going someplace because our destiny is with Christ. Knowing God allows us to avoid some of the minefields of this life. God knows where the mines are placed because he created life. Didn't put the minefields there, but they're there anyways. He gave us principles and guidelines to live life. Following those principles can make life a lot more meaningful and a lot less painful. When we follow God's principles on relationships, finances, living, we find that living becomes a little more straightforward. There's still a lot of mystery in life, though. Knowing God can bring an internal sense of peace, of joy. For when we live in harmony with our Maker, our lives seem to fit together better because He's there. He fills up a void inside us. And the reason we can know God is because Jesus came to show us who he is. Verse 18, no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. This Christmas season, as you peer into the manger, look for God. The baby has made him known. As you read the Gospels and Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you see the work of Jesus and the message of Jesus, look for God because he has made him known. Christmas is a wonderful time. It's a glorious time. But its major significance is that God became human so humans could know God. And I want to also remind you that he knows what it's like to be you. Don't let the Christmas season go to waste. Look a little closer at Jesus to see what God's really like. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, God, for sending your Son. The Word became flesh. The very essence of who you are walked among us. 
Lord, help us to understand what that means in our lives. You know what it's like to be us. You're God. You know everything. But you really wanted us to know that? Because you wanted us to know that you want to be our friends. So Lord, in this Christmas season, help us to walk towards you as a friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.